Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Sean on from Instride, and we're going to be learning all about his firm and Instride in particular. So here we go. We're off to the races. Sean, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and introduce Instride? Sure. Um, Sean Flynn, Chief Customer Officer for Instride. Instride is a public benefit company. Our mission is to bring life-changing education to the workforce. We were founded by TPG Rise in partnership with Arizona State University. And our origin story is the Starbucks SCAP program. That's the Starbucks College Achievement Program that Howard Schultz put into place a little bit more than five years ago. And you know, our mission is to scale that out and working with Fortune 500 companies, with our corporate partners. Um, and so far we've erased somewhere north of $300 million of student loan debt, as an example of, of the impact we're able to make with, with our, our learners and our corporate partners. Oh, I love that. So when you when you come in, you're, you're typically talking, I would, I would assume with chief people officers, uh, CHROs, maybe you might get into benefits, uh, and, and folks that maybe even EAPs and things like that. But tell us, tell us about the customers and where you kind of, where y'all, what's your, what's your front door for your customers? Yeah, it's a good question because we believe that education done right in a corporate context, it's a business strategy. Mm-hmm. And so we, of course, will work with the, the chief people officer, the chief human resources officer, the chief learning officer, but we found it equally valuable to work with the CEO, to the general manager, with the, with the line of business, because wherever you have culture as a strategy, it's a natural extension to have education as a strategy. Right. And if you're purposeful about how you design the education program, something that maybe has been thought of as a benefit and loosely coupled to the business strategy, it can right. be pur- purpose-built for the business strategy. So simple example, uh, workforce planning requirements. I, I need more skills in this area. I need more diversity in this area you can build an education program that fosters that in a very authentic way. So one of the, one of the parts I love about this is, is education as a, as a, as a retention strategy and then engagement mm-hmm. strategy, right? So what can we do to, um, in, in fact, I was, I programmed an event a, a month ago and I talked to a lot of chief diversity officers and in doing so, one of the things I learned is that diversity and inclusion is everyone's responsibility. A, B, um, that the attraction of diverse talent isn't, I mean, it isn't the stuff that keeps them up at night. It's the retention of diverse talent that keeps them up at night, which I, which I did not know. I was really thinking it was more, how do you find? And they're like, no, how do you keep? Uh, and, and, you know, with what y'all do, this is a great way to engage talent, all talent and, uh, and also helps them give, gives them another arrow in the quiver of retaining 
that talent. You know, and I think what's essential when you're thinking about retention of talent and fostering, you know, particular outcomes is offering your employees opportunity and advancement Mm -hmm. with how you're doing education. Um, So certainly there, there is the, you know, access to education, but if you are doing it in a way that you meet the learner where they're at, so there's an on-ramp because adult learners are in different places. Some, you know, have what we call uh, educational trauma and they Mm -hmm. need to start at an earlier point. Some have degrees, but they need to rescale. They need to upskill over time. But if you can meet the learner where they're at with an on-ramp, that makes sense for them, degrees, non-degrees, but it's part of a pathway. It's part of a continuum of education over a career. Now Now you're giving people a way to build contemporary skills, to earn life-changing degrees that, that make them, you know, uh, very attractive for different roles or for progression, senior leadership kind of roles. Um, and you're doing it in a way that, you know, the person is, 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 we have shown in our experience that when you're offering this type of strategic enterprise education, we have about 92% retention in our population and people are graduating at almost two X the rate that you have in a normal college population. And it builds a much stronger bond for the employee and the employer over time. It's just, as I was saying earlier, it's just a very authentic way to invest in people and, and, and show them that you really care about where, where they're going. What do you think the relationship is? Because some people just like to learn. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I have a, a, a good friend of mine in Dallas and he's just one of these people left alone. He's mm-hmm. just going to pick up, you know, in the LMS or wherever, wherever you have access to it. And he's just going to learn something new. And that's just him. He's always been mm-hmm. that way. And just left on his own, he's going to go learn something new. And, uh, you know, juxtapose that with someone maybe that's not wired that way. What's, what's your take or what's your customer's take on incentives or, you know, uh, you know access? You, 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 you made it really painfully clear to folks. It's like giving people access, meeting where they are, and then helping them understand the journey uh, and pathway to where this might lead. I think, I think all that, especially internal mobility, I think that leads to some great conversations. But some folks, you know, might need an incentive, might need something other than just that this is how you get from point A to point B. What, is, what, have, you, what have you learned from your customers about that? Yeah, and it sounds like your friend is one of those, you know, naturally curious people that's going yes. to find the education no matter yes. what you do. Right? You, you could put, you so, could put walls up and Pat would, fly, Pat would and, climb and, over the wall. Yeah, and I love those people to death. Hire as many as you can. And <laughs> it, but when you're when you're doing education and strategy, it's kind of like how do I move the center of mass? If it's a strategy, mm. how am I getting 20, 30, 40 percent of the population involved? You know, seventy five percent of Starbucks stores have somebody that is in the SCAP program today. You're trying to implement a strategy where your Starbucks is your third place, right? Office work Starbucks is the third place. That makes a difference when you have a staff that's engaged and believes and getting promoted at a, at a higher rate in implementing a business strategy. But I think to the core of the point that, that you're making, that has to happen at, with some scale. And the things that we have learned, you know, one are you want to remove barriers for adult learners. There's so many reasons not to go back to, to get your education, whether that be right. a degree or, or CPE. Um, so take away from a reimbursement 
as an example. If somebody, you know, reimbursement's a, 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 an awesome way to do it, but most people don't have more than $400 in their savings account. So that's a significant event to go and pay for something and wait reimbursement. A company can do a direct bill. So it's a frictionless kind of experience. Um, help them understand the benefits of, you know, what the education is going to give them. But we've learned that it's every bit as important to educate the manager as it is the employee on the benefits, because, you know, most people view their work experience for the relationship with their manager. If their manager is on board and understands why they need to take whatever time or understands what the benefit is, then they're so much more likely to engage. And we've learned to, you know, arm managers with toolkits and do it at the time of personnel reviews as, as one way. Um, and the last thing is, you know, another example is like cohorts. If people feel like they're part of a community and say you're uh, trying to, maybe it's gender diversity and leadership and you bring a cohort through, now you're, you're part of this community of people that are going through it together and can share their experiences and help each other. You know, so they feel supported by the employer, the employer's taking care of the program and the billing, they feel supported by their management, they feel supported by their peers and people who are like them going through it. You're going to get a much better completion rate. You're going to get much better outcomes and, and, and degrees and graduations on the other side of it than you might with uh, without this kind of purpose-built approach. I love that. What if your customers, if any, have they talked to you about learning styles and learning differences? And we're thinking um, things like online learning versus in-person learning. Yeah, styles, sometimes, you know, people learn in a lot of different ways, right? So all the ways that you just mentioned and then getting into some people learn in a classroom environment. Some people Mm. learn more Mm one-on-one, you know, there's, Mm. I think Sherm defines there's seven different learning styles. Um, Mm -hmm. But the delivery method is where, where, you uh, you took that as well, which is interesting, and I, I don't want to cover yeah. that. Differences, yeah. learning differences, is more like dyslexia, dysgraphia, other types of things that some might be visible, some might not be visible. Have your have your customers expressed any interest or kind of you know intrigue around? Okay, what? How do I? How do I? How do I do this and successfully do this? And I have a population of, of, of some employees that are dyslexic. How do I make sure that ensure that they're going to be successful and I set them up for success? Yeah, it's important to note that it, for InStride, we actually are not delivering mm-hmm. the education. Right. Part of what we do, part of the service that we provide for their corporate partners is we will cater a high quality network. In fact, we believe in quality over quantity when it comes right. to, to education. And so what we'll do is we, we have taken the time to go out and find leading academic institutions like Arizona State University or the University of Virginia, or the University of Wisconsin, who are best in class in the way that they engage adult learners. And you, know, you will find things in the way that they're engaging that come anywhere from you know, direct lectures with, with their their, their uh, instructors, counseling, coaching for adult learners, because they go through a journey and there's inevitable roller coasters and in any adult learner's experience, um, you'll find even things like AI and you know, gamifying the, the education. And so what we try to do is vet the quality of the academic partner so that the corporate partner knows these are schools I would hire from. These right. are graduates and, and you know, learners that we want to you know, bring into to our, our 
you know, our company. Um, so we think of it more as who, 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 where's the expertise? Who are the best at it? Because there's what you do and there's how you do it. And we try to find the best and make sure that's only with what we're providing to the corporate partners. I love that. You mentioned student loans at the very beginning and, and, or, you know, and, and, and this is a mechanism for companies to think about student loans and also think about tuition reimbursement. Take us into that world. Yeah, also community impact. Yeah. So, so we have, let me Why? give an example, Uber. Uber has made the program available uh, to all drivers. And the next time you get into an Uber, you can actually look on your driver's profile and you'll see if they are eligible. It'll, it'll be on their profile. They have 3,000 rides and they have a rating of 4.8 or above. Then they can get their full college tuition paid for. But Uber did, took it a step further. They knew that many of their best drivers were being poached by competition. They also knew that many of their best drivers are the biggest revenue producers. And there's things like rider safety, right, that matter in this in this world. And so they wanted to make sure that you know people were in that area. They off they kept them in place. So they offered it to the driver, but also gave them the choice to be the driver or a recipient, a dependent. Oh, cool! So many, so many of Uber's drivers are first-generation Americans, mm-hmm. and if you're sending a spouse, if you're sending a child to go get their education, you're not leaving. You're engaged. You're, you know, this is something that is bigger than you. It's intergenerational kind of impact. Um, and I know there's challenges in many cases where, you know, women coming back into the workforce, as an example, after COVID, and they've taken on a lot of uh, responsibilities at home. And how does that happen? And so being able to support the, these kind of populations um, with things like offering it to a dependent have been very powerful in, in creating that con- connection and intergenerational impact. Um, and, and we think that's, I, I, I mean, I, I, I know it sounds like, you know, I'm just saying this, but it's this really this idea of doing well by doing good. That's really right. what we, we try to do in everything we touch. So, uh, first of all, great example. And, and also an example that kind of highlights uh, companies thinking outside of the box, but also thinking about how do we engage? Uh, and if, if not that individual, fantastic, that person is someone in their ecosystem, someone in their family. I love that. Uh, I, could, I could see that being really popular with companies. Yeah, and this is a fun one. I'm telling you, the next time you get an Uber, look at your driver's profile. Some of the best stories come out of these discussions. I, I was in LA pre-pandemic, but, but you know, I was in LA and I'm heading to a client meeting and I jumped in an Uber and I was going like eight blocks to, to, to get there. And I'm apologizing to the driver because like, look, I wouldn't normally take an Uber for this shorter trip, but I'm like, I, I need to get there on time. And the driver turns around and looks at me and he goes, no, no, don't worry about it. I need to get my 3000 rides. So I get my college degree paid for. I go, that's what I do. Right? And, <laughs> and we, you know, we had this moment right uh, between the two of us, but you get some of the best stories out of, out of just the lives that, that you're touching. Well, you, you mentioned community impact. You know, I think a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. Give us some more examples of of the way that companies are using and leveraging Instride to help their communities that they serve. It's um, education is one of those things that when you're opening up opportunity, when you're giving people um, you know access to jobs that they didn't think possible before, that it has those positive externalities um, that very few things that you can do in a benefit or in a corporate context do. And so we have had partners that have 
you know, been very purposeful about what they want to do, working with organizations like the, the National Urban League, uh, the Hispanic, Hispanic Scholarship Fund, 110 organization that think about, um, you know, how can we partner in, in, with these organizations, both to, to find access to talent, but also to create the right kind of support and pathways and, and cohorts that, you know, will help um, attract the right kind of talent into the organization and help them succeed. And we're big believers in, you know, that we can help create those connections with, with organizations that, that, community, that companies want to partner with and, you know, help, help foster the right kind of outcomes. I love that. You know, it's, it's funny, we touched on inclusion and one of the spokes of inclusion has got to be education, right? So we want to, we want to include a bunch of folks, but at the same time, we also want to, we want, we want to better them. We want to make them mm-hmm. better while they're with us, but also better in general. The, like the example that you gave with Uber is just genius because it's helping not just that person be better, but their family get better. And then that's just a more inclusive way of looking at talent, which I absolutely love. Um, when you, you know, f- for the, for the folks that are listening and they're, they're, they love the idea. How, how do you suggest that they sell it internally initially? Is there something that's just kind of an easy path? That's something that you've seen with customers that are like, okay, this is the easiest thing. Sell this first. And then we can do other things like What's the best way to sell it internally? Ch- chances are, and and this is, I realize I'm painting with a very broad brush. So, you know, I'm sure there's there's exceptions to this, but chances are you're doing something already with education, with tuition assistance, mm-hmm. and um, it could be more efficient. So simple example, uh, I had the benefit of my employer paying for my, my grad degree. Um, the day I graduated, I got my MBA. It's a big day for me. I'm not sure my manager knew. It's a big day. Right. So are there ways that you can be more purposeful in the way that you're rolling out education? You're already spending the dollars. You're already giving, you know, in some form or fashion access to it. Can it be more purpose-built so that it be, creates a win-win for the employee and the employer? That's a very easy win because the dollars are there and you can get more completions. You can get better outcomes for the learner and for the company and things that come up as objections sometimes for paying for education, like, oh, that person's going to leave. You don't have to worry about that as much because it's been designed right from the beginning. Then, you know, if you want to go and you really want to expand and you want to get into this education as a strategy, um, you know, there are a lot of data points that we can show that, that the industry can show that show when you invest in education, you know, like in our experience, we have 90 plus percent retention. Um, people that are participating in the program have 3x promotion. They are engaged at the higher rate. They're developing contemporary skills. Their productivity increases. And you can build a very strong business case to overcome those objections. And then as the last one, as I was saying, it's line of business buying in. Hey, this is important for store experience. This is important for rider safety. This is important for diversity impact in, a, in an authentic way. And that combination, you know, inevitably works. I was in a meeting with a CEO of a financial institution and the CFO. And the CEO was very committed to what he wanted to do. He had this goal of 100% participation, which is, you know, extra credit for, for what he wanted to accomplish. And I remember the CFO saying, you know, hey, boss, what if we pay for, you know, this, these people's education and they leave? 
Um, and he said something along the lines of, what if we don't, you know, what if they don't get their education and they stay? <laughs> you know, it was, it's just kind of changing the thinking about what you're trying to accomplish and, you know, exactly what you can do in terms of, of outcomes. So you mentioned one objection in terms of, uh, you know, staying and leaving, uh, and leaving being, you know, it's transferable skill and now you're going to, they're going to leave, but you, most HR folks have moved their mindset and TA folks as well have moved their mindset over to, we want the best version of them while they're with us. So I think, yeah. I think, I think, thankfully, I think that we see that now executives and board members and investors, maybe a different, maybe different things happen, but what are, what are other objections that you hear that y'all, I mean, you can easily navigate around, but what, what is, what's another one outside of the they'll leave objection? What's another one that you hear? You know, it, it, it's, there are some common themes around, um, you know, the cost or, mm-hmm. or the time for completion mm-hmm. in there that, that you have to kind of understand what there are ways to tackle that as an example, stackable credentials. Right. Um, you know, we have learned that in a lot of, in environments helping learners earn credit towards a degree, but giving them interim milestones with badging, with internal mm. kind of recognition, with uh, certificates and what have you. Now you get a little bit of the best of both worlds where people are earning credit towards an associate's degree, towards a, a college degree, towards a master's if they're doing a reskilling program. But there's milestones along the way that are recognition of what the employees achieve, that they're They've got skills that maybe make them eligible for other roles um, that aren't over a multi-year period like a degree might be, but still are getting them there along the way. And I think it's a different way of approaching how you do uh, adult education in the workforce context. I love all that. The the one I've 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 picked up on is uh, it's it's a weird mixture of distrust and focus. Like they 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 love it in their heart like it's a good idea we should definitely do it and then they're worried they won't voice it this way but they're worried that the person's not going to be as focused on their whatever their job job yeah. is have you yeah, have the, you the, have you the, seen that or heard that yeah the data shows the opposite um that there's <laughs> higher levels of, of engagement well of course more does. involved right so, no but it's actually yeah, it, they actually tend to be more engaged um yeah time away from work can be a thing that that's partly you know, can be solved in, in the way that you're delivering the different modalities. You know, the other, the other one that we hear a lot of is kind of like, hey, this is a high overhead thing to do, to do the, the way that we're describing. And that, that's where an organization like Instripe can help you because that's what we do every day. We engage the learner, we get in there and we help them succeed. Um, and that can be the value of somebody that has expertise in working with the academic partner and delivering the education the right way or engaging the learner and coaching them through the whole process. Then you'll, you'll get a better outcome without putting a ton of overhead on your HR team. Well, the, the last thing, and, and you know, this is supposed to be a question and statement, but it, this is a great way to attract talent too. We haven't we haven't talked about it because we've been focused so much on the engagement and retention of, of talent, which is important. Um, but this is a great way in your job descriptions and in the way that you position your jobs, your career page, and things like that to talk about the programmatically. This is what we do. Uh, and this is it, it can very very easy, especially I, th- I think with again certain ter- types of learners, this is just a great way to attract certain types of people. Yeah, in in the case of Starbucks, which is our mm-hmm. longest running you know um, engagement, 
20% of people who apply to Starbucks say they do it because of the mm. SCAP program, because they want to earn their education. Um, and, and I think that it's been an unbelievable you know, benefit for the learners and, and for Starbucks. We have learned that as an example, when we create a learner experience for a corporate partner, it's, it's the corporate partner's branded experience, but it also links to the talent page because it should be public and it should be something that people are doing when they're researching employers, which is very common today, right? The employees oh, yeah. are researching employers that they can find, um, oh, I, I could get this, this paid for. I can, I see how this, you know, can benefit my career and it goes right to the careers page where they can apply. Yeah. This right is stuff that, benefit. you know, your applicants are obviously they're researching, they're looking up on rating sites, they're Googling, they're doing all that stuff. So the more a company can, show how much they care and really yeah. you know, via actions uh, show that they care. And this, this example with Uber and this example with Starbucks are just great examples of like, you know, we're not just talking. These aren't just words on a page. This, they're actually, there's a lot of action that's behind it. Sean, this has been wonderful. And uh, I've really, really just appreciated learning about Instride. And I know, I mean, I know that the TA folks amongst the audience are going to look at this as a tool uh, to attract talent. And the HR folks are going to be looking at it as a way to engage and retain talent. But I appreciate you uh, coming on the show and I appreciate uh, you carving out some time out of your schedule to teach us about Instride. Likewise, this was fun. All right. And thanks to everyone that listens to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.